Oh, what's up? What's up, Derek? That Why is the breathing? sigh of relief of all Brandon Marshall owners after this Thursday night game where it looked like we were experiencing Keenan Allen Part 2. Oh, my goodness. Woo! Did you see I, it? Uh, I didn't see it. I was driving home from work, and so I was listening to the game on the radio, um, and it was... For some reason, whenever you listen to it on, like, internet radio, it's always, uh, like, a local feed from the home team. So it was, like, okay. Bills radio. Um, and they were, it was just, like, extremely biased about the Bills. So Marshall went down, like, ah, oh, Marshall Dines going to the locker room, whatever. And they just, like, didn't talk about it at all. And I was like, what? No, tell me about Brandon Marshall. I need to know. And Give then, me like, the update. Yeah. And then you're blowing me up being like, He's, it's over. Our season's ruined. <laughs> I, I mean, it really looked bad. If you, if you watch the replay, his leg gets bent in an angle it's not supposed to uh, go. But luckily, you know, he, Brandon marshaled it, jogged right back out there, dropped a pass later in the game. But, I mean, for the most part, had a relatively solid fantasy night. It was good to see the Jets' number three wide receiver bounce back. You know, after, you know, obviously Eric Decker's the number two and uh, Nunez the number one wide receiver there, obviously. So, yeah, of oh, yeah, Is that your take? <laughs> that's, that's, that's my R- hot take. Rest of the season? Rest of the season? Rest of the season? Call, calling it now? Calling it right now. Anunia. Is he gonna be is he gonna be this year's <laughs> Gary Barnage? He's gonna be this year's Gary I can't think I was trying to think of a good pun. Double Barnage. Boom. It, you just ruined it. this entire segment. Damn it. We're All right, done. let's just let's just move on. Let's get out okay. of it. <laughs> okay, so uh this segment's actually going to be uh our sneaky start segment for week two. Mm-hmm. Uh and our number one sneaky start, Matt Forte. Very sneaky, yeah. You should, you should start Matt Forte. Uh, we have a, a premonition. Uh, we've been reading yep. the tea leaves, really like digging around, doing some data mining, and we think he might score uh, three touchdowns, roughly uh, 100 yards on uh, close to 30 carries. What was it, 28 that he might do? So, Yeah, yeah. forget everything I said in the beginning of the pod. <laughs> uh, just to let you guys know, it's actually Thursday morning. It's so Thursday morning, yeah. We're just posting this a little bit later. So our call is that tonight in the Thursday night game, Matt Forte – explosion explodes like a diaper i guess real quick we can take two seconds like uh we'll drop the charade and say this already happened um what what do you what do you what do you what do you think of this what do you what do you think of this after um what i mean the the forte (laughs) explosion what is your like evaluation of him after it well i think uh the entire fantasy community including ourselves uh were uh completely wrong on the evaluation of Matt Forte, <laughs> at least through two games yeah. of the season. But watching the first game, the second game, uh, it has not even been close to what everyone was predicting it to be, which is more of a running back by committee. Uh, Bilal Powell would come in and take entire series. Bilal Powell would be that third down pass catching back. He would probably get about 40% of the snaps. No, that has not happened. Yeah. Uh, Matt Forte has outtouched Bilal Powell 59 to 8 through two games. So he's Forte is Absurd. getting almost 30 touches a game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the concern is he's a, he's an older back. Is he going to get run into the ground? I mean, he might. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you're really, really happy if you drafted Matt Forte in the third or fourth round. I mean, he was going, his ADP was late third, early fourth round. So if you got him at his ADP, then you're sitting there. He he might be your running back too. And yeah. You're like, it, what? 
Yeah. It was weird because, yeah, his ADP was like fourth round, which, you know, is like relatively high. But I feel like the fantasy community as a whole, like including me, was like down on him. Was just like, oh, man, no, Matt Forte, he's old. You know, everything that you said. It's just like everyone's everyone's wrong. I mean, I guess not everyone because his ADP was that high. But the, I feel like all the like the like the 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 analysts, the people that are like in the weeds were like, no, no, Matt Forte's old. Don't, you know, don't draft him at his ADP. And yeah, it was wrong. I mean, everybody. I didn't hear any anyone saying, "Oh, Forte will be a steal. He's he's going to be this workhorse back. He'll be the Matt Forte of old." This there was no narrative around that. Uh, yeah, I don't mean we saw this last year a little bit with Ivory starting out hot, and then Bilal Powell picked it up towards the end of the year. So if you do own Bilal Powell, I wouldn't like panic and sit. I mean, he's a handcuff right now. You can drop him, in my opinion. I don't think he has that much value, but, uh, I mean, what is your opinion on that? Would you drop uh, drop or hold Bilal Powell? I guess that it's really team-specific, but I guess hold him because he's like a pretty valuable handcuff and what's looking like a, a good offense. Um, I, yeah. I, am, I might sell Forte. I'm kind of leaning more and more towards that just because, like, it's— That's— You know, his, his schedule gets a little bit tougher from here. He has the Chiefs next, which, I mean, it's not like it, we thought it'd be a better run defense than they were— before Melvin Gordon kind of ran all over them. But even after that, like Seattle, which is a good run defense, uh, the Steelers, yep. who are looking like they're going to be a good run defense this year. Um, and so the, it's, his schedule is about to get tougher than it's been for the last two games. And this is kind of like, this is his ceiling. Like, in his career, this is his ceiling. Three touchdowns, yeah. you know, 30 touches. This is not what he is. Um, and so I would expect he's going to regress because of age and wear and tear. So I I don't have a problem selling him at all, but it's you got to sell him as like, this is Forte of old. He's a top five running back. Otherwise, you know, just hold on to him. Yeah, that's where I was going to go from there. I mean, is he a sell high? I think he is, mm. really. I mean, it's easy to shape the trade trade narrative around Matt Forte right now. You can point to the fact that he's getting 30 touches a game. You can point to the fact that he is the goal line back, which was a big question mark coming into the season. You know, who is going to get the ball? The goal line is it going to be Kiri Robinson. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah, you know, uh, okay. Between Powell and Forte, are they even going to try to run the ball, or is it just going to be Fitz Magic throwing little dinky touchdown passes in the red zone? So people were like, okay, it's just going to bolster Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. But tonight we saw Forte getting all the goal line carries. He was the workhorse, the feature back. Um. If you believe yeah. that he's going to regress and he is a prime sell high right now because all the trade narrative is in your favor, mm-hmm. you just hit somebody up. I mean, you can get a lot from Matt Forte right now. Yeah, now would be the time. Uh, I don't know if I'm like going out actively seeking to do it, but if there's if there's someone in your league that you think you know would would bite on it, then uh, I don't I don't mind it at all. But I think this offense is going to keep being at least like pretty functional. Uh, they they uh, at least high powered. Yeah, they, and of all the like. The sort of like run heavy offenses, which is kind of what they are, which is like they run a lot and they they take shots deep. Um, they are taking shots deep. Most of the run heavy offenses, are like we're run heavy, but we're also going to dink and dunk and have this horizontal passing offense. And oh look, running doesn't work now all of a sudden. Uh, whereas the Jets, yeah. they throw it deep, so it opens up the running game. So it's like a pretty valuable spot to be. It's just, is he going to break down at some point? Which I think he probably will. I mean, most players have that shot getting 30 touches a game and then someone his age it's just the chance is even higher yeah so who would you be looking for okay say you need to upgrade other parts of your team you're sitting on matt forte Mm. 
Name mm-hmm. a player. What tier are you looking to uh, jump into with the Matt Forte trade? I mean, if I'm going to value him as like the fifth the best running back, which I guess is what I'm claiming, um, for a wide receiver, it'd have to be like one of the elite, like Antonio, Julio, Odell, AJ Green. I'd have to be getting one of those four out of it. If it's like a one for one like that, um, otherwise it's not worth it to me. Uh, or if it's going to be some kind of like two for one, like I'm trying to improve my team overall, so I'm getting like a receiver and then just downgrading at running back a little bit. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind a move like you give Forte to buy a little bit low on like Allen Robinson and Doug Martin. Like try to see if you can like swing a package out of that. You know, if someone owns yeah. both of those guys, and they're like, ah, I don't know, they're both kind of underperforming. And they see this explosion, like, oh yes, give me Forte, and then you're getting two people who can sustain being a top twelve at their position. Yeah, I mean, what if you have somebody like Willie Sneed and you package Willie Sneed and Matt Forte together? I mean, yeah. you could probably get a huge return at this point. Yeah, I would think so. But then again, you're also in the position where you don't really need to sell Matt Forte because no. what we've seen so far is that he is one of these workhorse backs, and that mm-hmm. is a valuable commodity to have on your fantasy team. So unless you're getting enormous return, uh, then you just hold him. Because right now it looks like what you just mentioned. The Jets have a high-powered offense. Uh, they're going to pound the ball and then you know sprinkle in some deep throws. Fitz was throwing the ball down the field with authority tonight. Uh, it begs the question: you know what's going on with this Buffalo defense? Are they just like god awful? We saw yeah, this happen last week it. with with Mike Wallace, who yeah. had a long touchdown catch. This week, Fitz was throwing vertically all over them all night. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like the battle of bad secondaries. Like the, this was yeah. just like neither team had any trouble just having the deep ball work. Like if it is, if a deep shot didn't work, it was more likely the receiver dropped it than the pass was broken up. Yeah. So I don't uh, I don't think we can expect that for like the rest of the season. I think they will face better secondaries, but they they have shown to be like a really competent offense, and so it's just if Forte uh, yeah. can stay healthy. So you really only need to sell him if like you know he's your third running back and you hit on like Lamar Miller and CJ Anderson, then it's like, well, you don't really need Matt Forte. You could use him to upgrade it like wide receiver. But like if yeah. you're using him, if he is like a key part of your team, then like keep using him. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts and just like keep an eye out for if there's any signs of like he's popping up on the injury report with like minor like sprains and stuff like that, because that's when it's time to like get out before it's too late. Exactly. Well said, sir. All right. That's probably enough for the Thursday night game. It was yeah. uh, surprisingly high scoring. I don't think anyone expected that. Especially for uh, a Thursday game. game. They're usually like low-scoring, ugly affairs, and this was like a shootout on a Thursday of all times. Yeah, I mean, it was entertaining. There yeah. was some wild stuff was, happening in this game. game. Actually, Well, I don't know if it was good, but it was entertaining. It was an entertaining yeah, yeah. time would you, would you say it was better than the 49ers-Rams game? It's marginally better. <laughs> just, just a little just bit. Just slightly, yeah. It's good to Barely. know that. The good thing about Niners-Rams, I'll be able to tell my kids someday that I witnessed the worst game of football that's ever been played in the history of the sport. Like, I have that yeah. now. And not that your many kids, people have that. Your, your grandchildren as well, because there won't be anything worse than that in like the next 50 or 100 years so no. you're fine so you'll be like wow really you saw that game you saw the jeremy curly apocalypse Jeez, yeah. <laughs> i read about it once and it just sounded terrible man can't believe anyone had to witness that garbage ah but yeah moving right. on from thursday let's head into this week's slate of games week number two so slowly but surely we'll not girly, but surely we'll start Slowly to be but able girly. to. Girly, I know that we're not segueing into him. <laughs> Perfect. 
<laughs> we'll start to uh, put together, I guess, baby trends. Mm. In week one, we don't have any sort of trend. No, it's one, uh, one to week. go off of. Two weeks is still like you have to throw it away, but at least you have the start of something. It's really like week three and week four where we can start to put together like accurate trends for defenses, for what offenses are. Uh, so week two is still a little premature, but at least we have week one to go off of. So we have something that's yeah. not the preseason to uh, base our Thank projections God. off of, our, our starts, our sits. So uh, week two... Start, sit, sneaky starts. Sneaky starts. Sneaky starts. Uh, who is your first sneaky start of the week? Uh, Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister, as I have been, as I have been dubbed. Uh, a Lannister never... Wait, what was, what was like the clever thing we came up with? That was like the pun on a Lannister always pays their debts, but it had something to do with fantasy. We came up with this. Yeah. You you already invalidated it by asking the question. What was that thing we came up with? <laughs> well, we did, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. A um, Lannister always sets his lineup. Was, that wasn't it. Never mind. That wasn't it. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to start with quarterbacks. Um, just to get that out of the way. Um, trying to decide if I want to. There's like that. An obvi- well, I'll start with the obvious play in case it's not obvious. Okay. Uh, Joe Flacco. Um, okay. Against he's. Against Cleveland, in Cleveland, uh, but we saw how horrific the Browns' defense and secondary is. Last week, Joe Hayden looked like a shell of himself. Um, so this, you know, this could be a very big game for Flacco. It's just, you know, your classic sort of streaming thing, and he has a good schedule um, after that. So he's sort of a nice yeah. guy to pick up and stream for a few weeks. Um, do we want to go like a back and forth? How do you want to do this? Yeah, we can go back and forth. Just right. to, you know, spitball it. I like Joe Flacco, the elite Joe Flacco. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had that long touchdown pass last week. He was comfortable in the pocket. Uh, I think he has a juicy matchup this week and the next couple of weeks, actually. So if yeah, then Jackson, Joe Flacco then sitting Oakland, out there, then Washington. Like it's it's yeah. you know, I mean, Oakland's a tough matchup. Oh sure, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and all the other teams are legit. Yeah. Yeah, so Flacco is, is like the obvious choice for a streamer this week and uh, mm. the following weeks as well. Um, do we want to continue with quarterbacks? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I want to throw out a guy just because I don't think he, you will be naming him because it's not like a smart thing that I think most people are considering. But uh, Trevor Simeon of the Denver okay. Broncos against uh, okay. the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this is totally a play of we just saw the Lions go like nuclear on this defense. Uh, they don't have Vontae still. Um, and Simeon looked, you know, somewhat competent against a good Panthers defense. And now he's playing yep. an awful Colts defense. And so the hope is that he will improve upon that. And, you know, hopefully it's not just all C.J. Anderson. It's possible that's what it is. But, you yeah. know, he's he's a nice I guess floor guy. I'd be surprised if he had just like a really bad game here, just because I think the game script is gonna is gonna lead to him needing to throw a lot. So I'm behind. Okay. I'm behind one Trevor Simeon. I like that. Uh, if we're talking about fringe streamers, there's a chance that these guys are owned. I would look towards uh, Matt Ryan mm-hmm. playing against uh, Oakland this week. Uh, we just, I mean, we witnessed Drew Brees completely torch the Oakland secondary last week. Uh, albeit Ryan it normally plays in a dome. He's going on the road to the opposite end of the country, playing on a field where they still play baseball. So uh, 
<laughs> it might be a little bit rough, but the matchup is there. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Ryan out on the waiver wire, so if you're looking for a streamer, why not Matty Ice? Matty like Ice it. Buckets. I like it. Uh, Jameis Winston as well. He's, he's mm. probably owned. Uh, Mariota might have been dropped because he had a subpar week one. Mm. Uh, he's going against the Detroit Lions team that was absolutely torched by Andrew Luck. Right. So I think game script-wise will uh, positively flow towards Tennessee's passing game, even though they will try to run the ball, but they might fall behind. So I like Mariota. I like, uh, well, I shouldn't mention any of the receivers yet because that will probably come when we talk about our sneaky starts yeah. for the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, we've probably named enough quarterbacks. I guess I'll, I'll throw out one more quarterback just as like a— Case Keenum. Boom. <laughs> never, there it is. There's never a situation where I would recommend that. Uh, I'm going to throw this out as sort of just like a, a dart throw of like if you drafted him, don't give up yet after one week, and that's uh, Dak Prescott. Um, okay. If you look at his stat line, it's not great because uh, he didn't throw for any touchdowns. But if you watch the game, you saw that Dez had a touchdown called back. Um, another so one that was just yeah. out of his reach, one that I believe was Cole Beasley dropped. Um, Dak easily could have had a much bigger day, and it just sort of went the other way. Um, and so Washington, there's Josh Norman, but outside of that, you know, this isn't a particularly good defense otherwise. So I, I think this is sort of a chance for Dak to, to bounce back. And it's, you know, yeah, I, think I it's agree. Given I mean, one more week. We saw what, uh, I mean, albeit Pittsburgh has an elite passing offense, but yeah. they torch Washington, not only through the air, but on the ground as well. So, yeah. Uh, good things should be happening in that Dallas-Washington game for fantasy owners. Uh, yeah, I think that's enough in terms yeah. of quarterbacks. Uh, let's move on to wide receiver, wide sneakier receiver. starts of the week. Okay. Let's go with somebody who we mentioned last week. Mm. Had a respectable stat line. Yeah. Caught a touchdown pass. Yeah. Scored just over 10 points in mm-hmm. a standard league, and that is Sterling Shepard of the New York Football Giants. This Shepard, yeah. I mean, we named him last week um, because of the defense he was playing because, you know, they would be trying to take Odell out of the game, which they kind of did, and then, you know, that opened up the offense for Shepard a little bit. Unfortunately, Victor Cruz is apparently still a thing, so it was kind of Shepard and Cruz splitting it. Um, yeah. So, like, long-term, I'm worried about Shepard's value um, unless, like, him or Cruz can really gain ground on the other. I think it's going to be, like, a committee for the number two position almost. Um but in this week specifically, this is against New Orleans, who are still a historically awful defense, lost their top corner in week one. Yeah. Um, so this, this should be a shootout, you know, similar to what we saw last year when, when Eli and Breeze both threw for, what, six, seven touchdowns, whatever that ridiculous yeah, that was game absurd, was. man. Um, maybe that not was exactly crazy, that, yeah. but I, I kind of think that all the wide receivers in this game are a good play. Obviously, you're playing Odell. But Sterling, uh, like Victor Cruz, if you're Victor just like, Cruz is yeah, a, if you're scrounging, like it's not a bad play yeah, at all. Yeah, it's not a bad flex. Uh, yeah, I mean, Vegas has this game as the highest scoring of the week, 53 mm-hmm. points as a Yowza. projection. That's a lot of scoring. I mean, you can go both sides in this matchup. Oh, yeah, uh, you can fire up your, you know, your Brandon Cooks, fire up your Willie Sneeds, fire up everybody in this game. Maybe it's a sneaky a Mike receiver. Thomas game, or I guess if you have Fleener, like a roll out Fleener one more time and hope that it's you know that the week one was just a fluke. Yeah, I don't think actually, it is, I liked what I saw from Thomas. Yeah, I mean he he was definitely outshadowed by uh, 
you know, Cooks, he had that long touchdown and then another touchdown, and Willie Sneed was eating all over the field. But, he, I mean, yeah. he had a respectable line. It was first career NFL game as well. So mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, fire him up if, you, uh, if you're short in the wide receiver position. Uh, other wide receivers we can talk about. Do you have anyone in mind? Uh, yeah, I had mentioned this uh, off air, but I'll throw it out there again, and that is uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, there against, we go. No diggity, no doubt. Yeah, against the Packers defense, uh, potentially down to Sam Shields, who's in concussion protocol. Uh, so that secondary just got a lot worse. Um, it's. I'm going to kind of give Green Bay the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be able to play well against this is what is still like a very good defense otherwise, uh, like the Vikings defense being very good. Um, yeah. But I'm going to kind of give Green Bay the benefit of the doubt that this isn't just like a low-scoring slugfest, and that kind of forces the Vikings to throw, uh, bet on game script a little bit. And Diggs was clearly the favorite target last week. And even with Bradford playing, I would be surprised if that changed because he's just like he's clearly the number one there. Uh, yeah. So Diggs is kind of a nice high-floor play who has just, you know, he has a chance for a touchdown. I like it. I like it a lot. You know I love my Stephon Diggs. so. Yep. Fire up Stephon Diggs. Uh, what I was alluding to before when I was talking about the Tennessee-Detroit matchup, mm-hmm. uh, Tajay Sharp mm. be a nice little play this week. Again, I mentioned that Andrew Luck just torched Detroit, albeit three of the touchdowns went to tight ends. But Moncrief did catch that touchdown. I think the appetizing thing with Tajay Sharp is that he played in 96% of the offensive snaps. He was targeted a lot and the next second, or the second in terms of offensive snaps played by a wide receiver was 55%. So he was far and away their number one wide receiver in week one. Uh, this week, I think game script will affect the flow of the passing game for Tennessee. I think they'll be forced to throw the ball a little bit more than they'd like to throw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malarkey came out and he said he was going to try to get Delaney Walker more involved in the game, and that might take some targets away from from Tajay, but I think overall you can expect a solid floor from Tajay this week. I would say probably a 7 to 10 point, somewhere in that range, would be his floor. And if he catches a touchdown pass, then, I mean, golden, baby. Golden. Um, not golden Tate, but you're golden. golden Tate. Absolutely not. Um, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to kind of throw out like a receiving core in general, and that is the Ravens okay. receiving core against. Uh, yeah. The Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, Joe Hayden is just like a, the rotting husk former of himself. Um, and this is just a really bad second. Just deep, this is just a terrible defense in general. Maybe the worst defense in the league. Um, and so you just kind of fire up all your Ravens. Maybe not one of the running backs because it's just so murky. But, you know, Mike Wallace is kind of the popular pick just because, you know, Flacco, what we saw in week one is they kind of had a connection with the deep ball. But, you know, Steve yeah. Smith is also like a decent sneaky play because he saw the most targets it's just hoping that he can actually do something with it uh this week and then i guess if paraman is sidelined then aiken is like i guess if you're really desperate hope that he can get very something desperate going. yeah yeah it's not looking good for kamar aiken no he's pretty close to just point. like the droppable territory if i go oh, this isn't what you know because the narrative was that aiken would be the number one wide receiver and he just get a ton of targets and it's looking like actually no it's still Steve Smith and Mike Wallace, and Aiken is the third wide receiver, which there's no value in that. Yeah, I mean, we heard throughout camp and preseason, Joe Flacco was really talking up Mike Wallace, and we didn't mm-hmm. know if it was like, okay, he's a new guy, he's just trying to make him feel comfortable within the offense, try to boost his confidence a little bit, because Mike Wallace had basically fallen flat on his face in Minnesota. Right. Uh, nobody was talking about Mike Wallace, so we were kind of unsure of 
of where he was going with that. Uh, but it seems like, I mean, he was being completely honest yeah. uh, that he, they did have this connection that Mike Wallace did look great. Uh, it wasn't fluff that he was throwing out that, I mean, Mike Wallace will, would be a legitimate part of the offense. And we saw that in week one. So, I mean, hopefully it continues because Wallace was kind of that late round dart throw in yeah. a lot of drafts. So if you drafted Mike Wallace late, just on a hope and a prayer, well, looking good. So it's looking far. good after one week. Yeah. Uh, I have one more wide receiver I want to throw out. Do you have? Do you have any more? As far as a sneaky start, um, I guess because of his last week performance, I'll let you go first, though. All you right. might take it. If uh, you my, take the guy I'm going to talk mine about. Mine is anyway, like, a, like a real hot take. Uh, and okay. like I, I'm giving this advice, but also I don't blame anyone if they don't want to listen to it. And that is uh, Tory Smith. Of the 49ers. <laughs> I stopped I stop listening. Against, Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I guess the Carolina Panthers. Uh, here's I'm like, tuned out. <laughs> here's the narrative I've crafted. First, you know, Josh Norman's gone, so that secondary is now significantly worse. Um, and the, the, the whole Jeremy Curley thing, I think that was a product of game script we won't see often for the 49ers. Of they have a lead and they're just trying to, like, nurse it. Um, I think more often than not, they're going to be down and they're going to be playing catch-up. And that's more of what... Tory Smith profiles as is like the deep guy you're throwing to when you're just trying to score as quickly as possible, you know. I'd, and this is sort of that. This is the narrative where that could happen. The Panthers, in theory, should be able to pick apart this defense, and then the Niners are down, and they can't. They can't, you know, throw it to Curley at the line of scrimmage and ask him to not even carry the offense like he did last week. Just catch the ball and get tackled. Um, so they'll they'll have to try to stretch the field more if they want to be in this game. And that is Tory Smith is like the only guy there that can really do that. So it's. A dart. So this is sort of what we were expecting Torrey Smith might be Ooh. this year. Um, yeah. This is sort of the game where – this is the game script where it would happen. Yeah. I mean, I guess if that would be <laughs> – that's like a Hail Mary play right there. It if is, you, yeah. I mean, he's probably – Torrey Smith is on the bottom of your bench depth. So yeah. if, you're, if you're pulling him out from the doldrums <laughs> of your bench to start him this week and he blows up, then you have bigger balls than Jack Del Rio. Sure. Uh, okay, my play was a, is a little bit more obvious. I guess, I mean, he had a terrible week one. He's part of a, a supposed elite offense and somebody we've been hyping up all offseason. John oh, Smokey yeah. Brown of we the Arizona Cardinals. And I already forgot about it. <laughs> John Brown. John Brown. Uh, abysmal in week one, let's be honest. He only saw four targets. He caught one pass for eight yards. Wasn't good. He played in about 60% of the snaps. Well behind Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd. But we kind of expected a slow start from John Brown, or we should have expected a slow start because he was in concussion protocol for almost the entire preseason. He came, he was cleared just before the week four game in preseason and played a couple of series, wasn't targeted. So he basically got zero preseason reps. Mm. Okay, So he was coming into the season cold. Questions were about his game shape, I mean, you know, has... What is his health like? Yeah. His physical conditioning? Will they ease him back in a little bit? And uh, I think that's what we saw, essentially. Uh, he didn't play as much as the other wide receivers, wasn't targeted as much. But we have a big enough track record with John Brown to know that he does have a connection with Carson Palmer. They like to feature him in the offense. Uh, it's kind of a three-headed beast, but our take, our evaluation going into the season was that John Brown was going to be more of the guy, and I think he will climb into that role, mm-hmm. albeit a little more slowly than uh, we would have hoped. But this week, I like John Brown. They're playing Tampa Bay. Okay, 
we saw what Atlanta did to Tampa Bay last week to the secondary. Sanu and Julio Jones had big games. So I think John Brown will come out. Yeah. We'll see his snap percentage rise. We'll see Carson Palmer slinging in a little bit. Slinging we'll the see rock. John Brown, John Brown get involved. And the thing with John Brown is you probably drafted him to be like your wide receiver two or wide receiver three. So you are in that dilemma after week one. Like, yeah. geez, should I play John Brown at this point or should I just sit him? Uh, I mean, I don't blame you if you do sit him, but I think he is okay to start this week. And when he puts up 25 points, then I can gloat. But, you know, if he puts up zero <laughs> points, don't talk to me. I never said this if that happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Uh, all right, let's move on to running backs. Um, I'm going to start with a running back who had a, a sort of maybe disappointing week one. Uh, you might not have even started in week one, but you were hoping for more out of him, and that is uh, Rashad Jennings of the, the New York football giants. Uh, but it is a new week, and now he is facing the New Orleans Saints, who you just heard me say have a truly awful defense. It is not just their secondary. It is also their run def- the entire defense in general. Uh, last week, the Raiders compiled 151 yards on 24 carries or 6.3 yards per carry, uh, like the Raiders running backs as a whole. So, yeah. so you know, the so Rashad Jennings gets a boost. Uh, Shane Vereen in PPR is like a fine, sneaky play, you know, if it's like a really yeah. deep league. Um, you're just kind of betting on, on this game being high scoring, and this is a bad defense. So fire up yeah, Rashad. That's what you're looking for in, in fantasy is opportunity, right? And if the mm-hmm. game is high scoring, which it should be by all accounts, then there will be red zone opportunities for Rashad Jennings. Uh, he should have a chance to uh, put in a touchdown or two this week. And if he would have done that last week, he would have had a good stat line. Yeah. I mean, he had over 70 rushing yards. He just didn't score. So I like Rashad this week. I like that call. Uh, how about one LeGarrette Blunt? Ooh. I like it. Fire like up it. your blunt. <laughs> Not if you're Josh sure. Gordon, though. Don't do no. that. No, no, yeah. don't do that. We need you. Please. I beg of you, Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, New England travels back home after an enthralling victory in Arizona. Yeah. A victory that, even though they're the New England Patriots, a lot of people didn't expect them to win. I didn't, no. I feel Before like, the game, uh, I said there's a 0% chance the Patriots win this game. And I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, you have Garoppet like as hot as your starter. You're missing Kronk. I mean, the script was New England should have lost. But, yeah. I mean, they're the Patriots, and they win. They games. found a That's way. That's what they do. Yeah. And they just anger everyone that is not a New England Patriots fan. It's like, <laughs> yeah. come on. When are they going to be bad? Never is the answer. Never. Yeah, never <laughs> is the answer. Uh, since that's tuck rule game. Yeah. New England Patriots. All right. All right. But anyways, yeah, they're, they're going back home for their home opener against uh, Miami. 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 Uh, by all accounts, this should be a Patriots win. Of course, it's probably going to you know, flip script. We expected them to lose last week. Now we expect them to win, and they're actually going to lose. And it's going to be a James White week. Uh, you never know with Hoodie well, who he's going to throw out there. But, I mean, it should be LeGarrette Blunt. And actually, yeah. he looked surprisingly efficient last week in Arizona against an Arizona defense that is supposed to be stout. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he was, he was trucking some people. He had a bad fumble at one point, but, I mean, he put up the numbers. He put up a uh, touchdown. So, Garrett Blunt, nice start for me this week. I like it. New I like Patriots. it. Patriots. Yeah. Um, I'll throw out uh, another one. 
It's going to be one T.J. Yeldon of the oh, Jacksonville yeah, this... Jaguars. Uh, this really depends on what's happening with Chris Ivory. Um, I'm going to assume for now he's not playing this week. Yeah, I don't he think so. just got out of the hospital. Um, so assuming that T.J. Yeldon is the guy, um, you know, he didn't do much. Hold on. My earphone popped out, which doesn't really matter because I'm talking, but... It's a crisis. Everybody Ah, panic. Crisis panic. All right, moving on. Um, Didn't do much last week, you know, sort of ran into a brick wall, kind of bailed you out with a touchdown. But uh, this week he gets a much softer matchup uh, with the San Diego Chargers, who have had a bad run defense for years. They looked awful in the preseason. Uh, We just saw Spencer Ware, of all people, just run all oh, over that's them. Not, that's not a good indicator. Spencer Ware was elite. Uh, okay, okay, hold up. We're, we're not going to drag that into <laughs> the middle of this conversation. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a, a soft run defense uh, again, you know, against a Jaguars team that, by all accounts, should be trying to run it enough so they aren't putting Bortles out there, you know, putting, tell him to put the offense on his back. Um, so this is just, you know, opportunity, good matchup. Yeah. yeah. TJ I Elman. mean, yeah, if you have yelled, then you're, you're definitely starting him this week. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I have a question for you. Okay, let's hear it. If you are a Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman oh, owner, oh God. Who, <laughs> who do you play this week? Legitimately. I mean, I guess you kind of have to go with Freeman, right? Because you drafted him early. Yeah, but. I mean, it's that. And, you know, and it's, it's one week. It's one week. Let's not, you know, it was everything we saw was bad. And I'm very, very worried about Devontae Freeman. But it's one week. Uh, let's, let's, let's see if it happens again. Let's put him out and, okay. you know, and not, it's not a bad matchup against Oakland. Uh, I don't know if it's a good matchup. It's probably neutral. Um, let's put, you know, put him out and see what happens again. If the split continues the same way or like keeps trending in the wrong direction, then like, sure. Bench Freeman, uh, let it shake its, itself out. Maybe you're starting Coleman by half the halfway point of the season. Uh, but I mean, Freeman, I wouldn't start him as my like RB one or even my RB two. He'd be like my flex guy. Um, but over Coleman, I think I'd start him for one more week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's important when you're evaluating Freeman to remember that you're at Spam one week. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so they say the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing and expecting different results, uh, which is exactly what we're going to do with this next running back we because go. we, uh, Ran him out there last week as one of our sneaky starts, and he put up a stinker. Mm. Uh, this week we're going to do it again. One Giovanni Bernard of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yes, Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard did not have a good week. Uh, Jeremy Hill didn't have a fantastic week. He, I mean, he had a terrible yards per carry average. Mm-hmm. was bailed out by a touchdown. Uh, this week they're going into Pittsburgh, play the Steelers, who have a high-octane offense. We saw this last week when they just completely lit up Washington. Um, Again, game script with Geo. He is their pass catching back. He should be involved if they are behind. Uh, They should run him out there the majority of the time. I think we'll see a better game from Geo this week. Again, with the Cincinnati Bengals, it's always the dilemma. Is it a Till week or is it a Geo week? Mm. Last week was kind of, I guess you would have to call it a Hill week. Yeah, looking I mean, back, you know, in hindsight. Kind of uh, but going in, we predicted it to be a geo week. We were wrong. Uh, this week, we're going to go ahead and say, "Hey, it's going to be a geo week again." We have faith. So, uh, you know, I don't mind geo as a flex. Yeah, he, he's a flex, and it's just the 
the narrative and that kind of always supports yeah. Geo of like if this is a what looks like a good run defense, at least you know the Washington running backs kind of struggled running against it, which might not be indicative of that much, but that's kind of all we have yeah, for now. Matt Jones, let's be honest, well, Matt but Jones, anyway. best running back in the league, but that's not here nor there. Um, so you know the the like the game script is. Uh, Tough run defense, you know, the Steelers shouldn't have trouble scoring, so then this, you know, the Bengals fall behind, and then they have to throw a lot, and Geo's the guy that they throw to when they're, you know, in that situation. So, again, this is a flex guy you trot out, but if you're in the situation where you own both of them, if you took Hill and Geo, and you're just like, I'm going to corner the Cincinnati backfield and drive myself insane, um, I guess I'd, I'd start Geo over Hill this week, I think is the claim yeah. I would make. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, another Cincinnati player that we didn't uh, talk about in the wide receiver section, but you know, if we're talking about positive game script for Cincinnati players, how about one uh, Brandon LaFell? Ooh, let's trot him out again. He was a sneaky start last week. Yeah, why not? I mean, he put up 91 yards. He heavily outsnapped Tyler Boyd. He's the number two, the clear-cut number two in Cincinnati right now. He didn't drop any balls last week, guys. No, he caught all of his targets. He was, he was like a different player efficient LaFell. <laughs> efficient lafell i will Ooh. say that uh like for those of you that are you know that are watching this and your bench stash disciples uh we oh, were the yeah. first ones to throw out brandon lafell like we're not going to claim any guys are our guys <laughs> we will say brandon lafell is our guy because literally no one was talking about him before week one except for us mostly as like joking <laughs> conversation between the two of us like i don't know brandon lafell yeah maybe and then we actually put it in the sneaky start and it worked out so well, well it was Brandon LaFell and Mike Wallace. So, yeah. you know, if we're going to talk about what we got right <laughs> in week one, that was it. I guess you can probably include Shep in that conversation. But then yeah. we, we missed on a few. You know, we'll no, 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 we missed on a few. Um, all right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's end our victory lap. Uh, let's hit some tight ends and then wrap this up. Do you have any, any tight ends that you like? Oh, wait. Do we have to talk about tight ends? I mean, come on. I mean, no, I... Yes. Tight, <laughs> tight end streamers. Um, I mean... I was shocked at how readily available Eric Ebron was this week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was just sitting out there. Hopefully, you went out and grabbed him if you were you know, a tight end streamer, if you don't have one of these elite tight ends. Uh, Eric Ebron, I mean, he looks good this year. And Stafford was looking towards Ebron a lot in the red zone, which was promising for me. I mean, he caught a nice touchdown. Actually, on Ebron's touchdown catch last week, it was a poorly thrown ball by Stafford, and he went mm. back and he made an adjustment, and it was a nice catch. It was an athletic catch. Uh, so it looks like they're going to feature him a lot. I mean, news broke that their plan with Golden Tate is to have him kind of hover around the line of scrimmage. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not good if you're a Golden Tate owner. He's, I mean, he put up a line of seven for 41 last week. Uh, oh. You're probably going to see a lot of that from yeah. Golden Tate. So it turns out the, the whole Marvin Jones versus Golden Tate has completely, like, flipped from where mm. it was at the beginning of the uh, preseason. Yeah. Uh, which just means that there will be more opportunity for Eric Ebron or even a guy like Anquan Bolden might be more involved. Yeah, I could see that. Old man, old man Anquan. Uh, I like Ebron. Uh, I also like... Oh, here we go. Dennis Pitta. Oh, that's a good one. Dennis Pitta, and that might, this is more week two specific because they're playing Cleveland. Right. We saw what Ertz did last week against him uh, before he got injured. He was, you know, very, very effective. Uh, Dennis Pitta, and he heavily outsnapped the other tight ends in Baltimore. You know, your Crockett Gilmore's, your Max Williams. Dennis yeah. Pitta was the man, and apparently, not that this, 
has any relevance to you know football. But you know they talk about chemistry. Uh, Joe Flacco and Dennis Pitta are good friends outside of football. Boom, that's uh, what you want. There it is, right Points there. You friendship. want that camaraderie. <laughs> you want that solid rapport between your quarterback and your tight end. And you know Dennis Pitta was actually. He was a touchdown threat when he was healthy, but he hasn't been healthy in two years now. Yeah, after his uh, hip exploded. He's back. Yeah, after his hip exploded. So he's back. He's probably going to score this week. Bench dash approved. We already tweeted it out. So if Pitta goes off, we're, we're set. Boom. There it is. Um, I, like, I like that take. I'll throw out a couple, uh, a couple deeper Zero. guys. Uh, one of them is uh, Virgil Green of the Broncos. Um, it's, you know, he had five targets last week, caught four of them for 28 yards. Um, and I think that this is going to be a similar situation, except India is again, a worse defense. Uh, we saw Ebron score a touchdown against them. So they are at least somewhat vulnerable to the tight end. Uh, unlike the Panthers, who I think are very good against the tight end. Um, so this should be easier for green. I think Simeon kind of use him as a safety valve a little bit. You know, I think that's, we're going to see a lot out of the Broncos. It's going to be check downs to like CJ Anderson and Emmanuel Sanders and like Virgil green. It's not, it's kind of bad news for, well, even Demarius Thomas gets, like, the bubble screens. But it's bad news for and anyone that was hoping for, like, any kind of deep aspect to this offense because I don't think that's really going to be baked in. Uh, but no, Vir- we'll see. We'll I mean, see. yeah, we'll see. It's no. been one week. Who knows? Who knows, Trevor Simeon? But Man, Virgil Green. one week. Man, one week. Right, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Virgil Green is just, like, a nice dart throw. You know, good matchup. Already saw, like, a healthy amount of targets in week one. I like um, it. I'm the in. second guy I will throw out. Jack Doyle. Not Jack Doyle. Um, a popular one is Jesse James, but I kind of want to like pivot off of him because I feel like he's getting talked about a lot this week. Um, so I want to give you guys someone different, and that is Kyle Rudolph. Um, oh, God, here we go with Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> look, again. I don't love Kyle Rudolph as yeah. a player, but you know he caught eight targets last week. Um, well, he got eight targets. He only caught four of them. You know, it doesn't matter. But fifty <laughs> percent <laughs> efficiency rate. The point yeah. is, he had eight targets, um, and I think that that you know. That continues, hopefully, with, with Bradford in there. This is like your your deep dart throw if you really need someone. Um, another one could be Brent Selleck if Zach Ertz misses time. You know, we've already seen. Which he probably should, yeah. Which he probably will. We've kind of seen Wentz, at least in week one, had an affinity for his tight end. So maybe Brent Selleck puts together a nice little game from that against uh, Chicago, which is not a good defense at all. Chicago. Uh, anyone else you want to throw out, or should we put a bow on this? Uh one name we should probably mention, I, I won't say that he's sneaky because he's probably drafted fairly highly, but with RG3 going out mm. and uh, the Barnyard Dog putting him up a fat uh, goose egg yeah. last week, how do you feel about him moving forward now that Josh McNown is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns? I like him Make much check more. down. Gary Barnage becomes Gary Barnkowski. Um, I saw... <laughs> I saw some split someone put out on Twitter. I don't remember the exact stat, but it was something like in PPR without McCown, um, Barnage averages like 10 fantasy points a game with him. He averages 18. Um, it's like a significant difference with McCown in there. So I like Barnage a lot more. If he some, if somehow got dropped after week one, like go pick him up. Um, if not, you know, maybe, you know, poke at the owner, see if they know about it. Uh, I tried to do that in the league. I immediately went to the Barnage owner and tried to talk to him, but they already knew about it, so I was foiled. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, Barnage is a good if he's out there, get him. He's, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even mind like offering a little bit, not much, but just like someone that's at the end of your bench just to probably upgrade your tight end. Yeah, I mean, when all is said and done, historically, we'll hear Brady Gronkowski, 
McNown, Barnage, <laughs> Flacco, Pitta. Pitta. That's what they'll say. <laughs> That's what they'll say. Boom. In the, what context, the, the elite sure. quarterback tight end combination. There it is. Oh, wait, hold on. I need, I need to throw this out just so it's on record because I realized okay, I don't know if we it. named him last week. And he had, like, he quietly had a nice little game. As now I have to throw it out. And that's Kenny Britt. Um, uh, <laughs> I talked about him during the preseason with you. Once again, you threw, like, water on. You're like, no, that's ridiculous. You just watched Hard Knocks. Now you like Kenny Britt. Um, okay, well, let me cut you off for just a second here. <laughs> for everyone that is watching this segment, Leo's basis for being on the Kenny Britt hype train is that one scene in the first episode of Hard Knocks where he is practicing <laughs> fades with uh, Jared Goff. And he's like, come on, let's practice. And he keeps on repeating, like, one more time, Kenny, one more time. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's man. do it again. He has yeah, the Leo on. red zone target. He was so psyched. <laughs> he, uh, he called me up on Skype and was like, dude, we got to throw out Kenny Britt. And I told him, you know, the Rams offense is terrible. I mean, can't be thrown out Kenny they are. Britt. But even, but even last week, okay. and what was the most dysfunctional NFL offense I have ever seen to date, uh, Kenny Britt had six targets that he turned into four catches for 67 yards. His yards per yeah. catch were almost 17 yards per catch. He was like kind of like a deep threat. Um, Kenny yeah. Britt, if his offense can put together like any level of competence, might actually have like a little like little renaissance on his hands. So just I will throw... give you I will give you this. He looked like the most competent piece of the boom. Saint no Saint Louis. What the L A. <laughs> <laughs> the L A. offense. Um, yeah, I mean Tavon Austin was. I think people have kind of figured out. He's kind of this gadget wide receiver, running back hybrid that they tr- they try to get the ball in with space. Uh, the horizontal work. passing game it wasn't working, guys. He turned twelve Tavon catches Austin. into thirteen yards. That's 12 like targets. A, twelve was targets. It, did not if catch all 12, of them. Okay. No, if he had twelve catches, he, he would have been like a PPR. Like, woo! He actually had a respectable game, but he had four catches, I believe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, twelve catches. I was like, damn! He, he, he was with the week one catch leader. Then. Oh yeah, he did. Oh, was, yeah. No, I was wrong. I was really bad. Um, but yeah. Anyway, at least in like against Seattle with Britt, you know, they're the Rams will be down. They will have to throw and hopefully more competently than they did last week. It can't just be the horizontal thing. They'll have to try to stretch the field a little bit. Um, the Seahawks will for sure just play sides. They're not going to have Sherman DFS. shadow anyone. DFS. DFS. Yeah, Kenny Britt and like a tournament <laughs> daily fantasy sports no one's play be would expecting be... it. Yeah, and do it. Throw, throw out, out, fire up your Kenny Britts. Boom. Kenny Boom. Britt. All right, that's enough about Kenny Britt. Let's, let's wrap this whole thing up. Let's wrap this whole thing up. Uh, that's pretty much it for our week two coverage. We'll be back next week. Follow us at Bench FF on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bench Fantasy Football. Uh, subscribe, comment, share with everyone. Um, feel free to ask us any questions on Twitter. We're always as helpful as we can be, which is not very helpful, but we try. Oh, wait, we have our, we have our, our Twitter question we need to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll probably break this off into a different... It's one question, right? Let's just do it. Let's do it right now. Let's do it. Let's fire (laughs) up our question. So uh, let's uh, pull up our Twitter. I don't even have my Twitter available right now. I have it right here. I'll do this. I'll do this. Hit up up the Twitter question. Oh, look at that. We have one of our many Twitter questions. Uh, At (laughs) FlamingOneFlorida asks for Flex. Theo Riddick, Carlos Hyde, or Melvin Gordon? I think this was a unanimous decision between, you know, the two of us. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be Carlos Hyde. 
Yeah. Florida Flamingos. Yeah. It's got to be Carlos Hyde. I'm on the Hyde. I think Hyde and Gordon are, like, closer than I'd like just because of the matchups because Hyde has presumably a bad matchup and Gordon has a much easier matchup. But, you know, for all we know, the Panthers' run defense isn't what we thought it would be. T.J. Anderson just ran all over them. And I will say that the Niners' O-line looked better than expected in week one. So it's possible they were able to open up some holes for Carlos. So I will I will say Hyde out of those three, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just have to look back to what C.J. Anderson did against Carolina. We already saw a strong performance from Hyde on Monday night, two touchdowns. I mean, he's a play here in your flex. Uh, in all likelihood, they'll probably be behind, which might hurt some of Hyde's production, but he has been catching passes, so he might get involved in other aspects. So I like Hyde this week. I mean, I think you have to roll him out over Theo Riddick. Uh, I I still think Abdullah will receive the kind of the lion's share of the work. Uh, Melvin Uh, Gordon, uh, yeah, (laughs) Uh, wink, wink. Uh, Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, I think will be hurt with the loss of Keenan Allen. Yeah. I think Phillip Rivers is going to highly lean on Danny Woodhead. Uh, Melvin Gordon was one of our sell highs for a reason mm-hmm. uh so yeah carlos side do it fire him up and then boom. you know come thank us after you win your matchup boom 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 all right cool perfect let's wrap this up uh thank you for listening thank you for watching we will be doing this again next week and all weeks until the end of time so can you get up and twerk like antonio brown for me to close it off i can't uh my twerk phone's broken you understand there it is close so, it out on the shelf. Boom. Boom.